Welcome to 5 Minutes of Courage with Maggie Arndt. This podcast focuses on God's Word, the Bible, and how much God loves you. Our goal is to show you throughout Scripture how loved and valued you are by the God of the universe. 5 Minutes is all you need to be filled with hope, joy, purpose, and yes, courage. Now here's your host, Maggie Arndt. Welcome back to 5 Minutes of Courage with me, Maggie. We are in the second chapter of the Gospel of John, and yesterday we were able to discuss the very first miracle in the New Testament, the wedding at Cana. And it was not a miracle that everybody was able to see. If we remember, the servants saw because they knew that the water jugs were filled with water and not wine, and the disciples knew. And it says at the very end, of chapter of excuse me of verse 11 this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him and we also know that it set the time clock on Jesus's ministry so yesterday I did misspeak I said Jesus was 33 I didn't mean that he was 30 he had a three-year ministry and this started the clock on his three-year ministry because he knew then that once he started to show signs and wonders and make it more clear that he was indeed the Son of God, the Savior, that the time would start when, when he would become closer to the cross, when he would have to go and to die for all of our sins. And so this next story in the second chapter of John is, is quite the contrast from the, the quiet, joyous miracle at the wedding. Oftentimes in artwork, we will see, you know, humble Jesus, meek and mild, the soft-skinned, passive sage seen in many works of art. In, in fact, he probably did not have blue eyes and blonde hair and fair skin. And, and while Jesus certainly was humble and gentle and friendly and loving, he also had a different side to him. And, and we know that reading what he endured at the cross will vouch for his physical fitness. So certainly he was a man of great physical fitness, but the gospels also describe Jesus as very passionate, as very direct and quick-minded and and brave. And a fragile pushover could never have single-handedly cleared a courtyard full of merchants, which is the story that we're looking at today, or to to stand his ground against the commotion that was happening in the temple. So what's going on is Jesus heads to the temple during the Jewish Passover celebration, and he sees the money changers and the people who are selling sacrifices. And it's it's not that that would be a bad thing to do, but it was that their focus was on the money, and it was on shortchanging the people. And so what it says is that Jesus created a whip. So what that means is, is he didn't pick up a whip or pulling out of his belt. He wasn't Indiana Jones. But according to verse 15, he made the whip, which requires a, a very purposeful, intentional act. And there's no reason to think that animal, any animals were harmed in the clearing of the temple or, or even any people or that anything was damaged. But yet, Jesus single-handedly drove out all of the vendors and the money lenders without being arrested or mobbed. And that says a lot about the powerful presence that Christ must have had that day. It says in verse 17, his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures, passion for God's house will consume me. 
That actually comes from Psalm 69.9, which refers to the Messiah's zeal or his passion, his energy, and his devotion. And all of that is directed toward his father's house for the purity of the temple. He wants it to remain clear. So what was happening is that sacrifices were able to be sold, and that wasn't the problem necessarily. The sin was in the gouging of the people, the focusing on the money rather than serving God in the temple. And Jesus is never, ever depicted here as being out of control. But his anger is very, very clear. And it's likely that this is an early temple cleansing. The other Gospels, remember we talked about Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and how they had Mark in priority. So oftentimes, John's going to have a slightly different story. The other Gospels record a second, separate cleansing where Jesus' authority is challenged by other Hebrew authorities. And in typical Pharisee style, they demand of him a miraculous sign. But what does Jesus do instead? Instead, it says in verse 19, All right, Jesus replied, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And what is he actually doing here? He is foreshadowing his own death. He is talking about his own body as being the temple, and in three days it will be raised from the dead. And in verse 20, them saying back to him what they exclaimed, it has taken 40 years to build this temple and you can rebuild it in three days. Well, they're thinking of this very structural brick and mortar temple. But what Jesus said, when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus said. Yet another instance of the Old Testament foreshadowing not only the coming Messiah, but what will happen to him in the meantime. So he's projecting three years ahead when he, in his body, will be destroyed temporarily. He's where he dies on the cross and is raised again on the third day. So that reference again is Psalm 69.9. If you have a chance to take a look at that, I love the cross-referencing and how the Old Testament always ties to the new. Tomorrow we will wrap up with John chapter 2 and tie both of these stories together. Be well. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to this podcast. I'd hate for you to miss out on even one minute of courage. Then share it with all your friends. If you'd like more information or would like to contact me directly, go to 5minutesofcourage.com. That's the number five and you can connect with me there.